friends! Welcome to Reading Minds, where ordinary people talk about extraordinary books. This is an episode of Seasons Readings where I update you on everything I've read for the past three months. Enjoy! Today I am recording solo, so you're not going to hear my wonderful husband's voice. So if you hate my voice, I'm sorry. You don't have to listen to this. <laughs> um, so this is season's readings for fall of 2018. I guess just to start out with, I want to revisit The Wind in the Willows, and I know, ugh, September seems like it was forever ago, and this is from, what is the month before September? August. <laughs> so this is um, our book club book from August and I had originally given it four stars but then I don't know as I was sitting with it and just thinking about it I decided to give it a five star rating. Um, I think the problem with rating books right after you read them you don't really give it time to sit with you like you don't get to really like reflect on them that much because um, you could read a book that you think is amazing in like July and then by what is this month? November. <laughs> by November you might totally forget about it. But this book was kind of the opposite of that. It was just a really great book and I thought it was great reading it but I didn't realize how much I loved it until I've had a chance to just sit with it for a while. So yeah <laughs> it went from four stars to five stars. So anyway that was kind of a revisit to the summer which it definitely is not. It is definitely quickly turning into winter. There is snow outside right now. Not a lot, but there has been a lot before. Our Christmas tree is up, and I know some of you might hate me for that, but, well, I guess it's pretty late now, but it's been up since early November. <laughs> it snowed really hard one day, and then I decided it was time for Christmas, so I decorated. We had hot chocolate. It, it was magical. I have no regrets. Anyway, to the books. So I can't quite remember all my goals from last season, but I know I did not do a very good job with them. So I did finish the Hitchhiker series, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, which was something I had talked about last season over the summer. Um, so I did finish those and I don't know, that was a very interesting experience because I really enjoyed the first one and I enjoyed the second one. And then they kind of went downhill. Like, I didn't think the plot was all that interesting. It was like, um, what's his name? Douglas Adams had a good concept for a sci-fi story, and then he wanted to expand on it and just didn't have enough material, I don't think. But I did really enjoy the last book. I enjoyed that one probably as much as the first one. So it had a good ending, um, and it's done. I read it all. Um, I also wanted to read more nonfiction during the fall, and I did not, <laughs> to say the least. So I did read a cookbook, which I know I had been talking about. Oh, that might have been, I think that was my other goal. And I did that, I read a cookbook. I haven't cooked too much out of it. I've cooked one thing, <laughs> but I read it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess the nonfiction that I have read has been mainly memoirs memoir, I don't know how to say the word, memoir styled books, which reads a lot like a novel, 
or it's, I don't know, it's very casual, so I didn't feel like I was getting the full nonfiction experience. Um, so September, oh my goodness, that seems so long ago. I feel like this season has just, it's drug on so long. And I don't know, I feel like winter's gonna be even more that way. Winter always seems to last forever to me. Books of note in September. Um, I read Lost Boys by Orson Scott Card. Um, so the reason I picked up this book is because, I mean, you know I love Ender's Game so, so much. Um, and I read his little afterword where he talked about um, where he got some of the ideas for his books um, and just books that he think that he thinks are notable. And in that afterwards, he mentioned a book that he's written that he thinks is the most important work that he has written, and that is Lost Boys. And it is, it's not sci-fi at all. It's about a Mormon family because Orson Scott Card is Mormon, and he tries to incorporate, incorporate a lot of um, Mormon ideology into his books, which I think is fascinating. Um, so that's another reason to read Ender's Game. Um, <laughs> and... So this book deals with a family and a boy who I think is in third grade. Yeah, he kind of grows up a little bit in the book and you see him develop and you, I don't know, you just kind of are watching this family and there's this serial killer that's loose and how, how they deal with, just how they try to protect themselves. And I think it's a very, I don't know, it's a very interesting story, but it's, it seemed a little patchy, if that makes sense. The ending kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm not going to say too much, but it requires a suspension of belief that the rest of the book did not need. So it was just a very different tone than the rest of the story, and I thought that could have been done a little differently. Um, but I do really, really appreciate Orson Scott Card, and I'm really glad that I read it. But it's weird, but it's, it's also good. I gave it three stars. But I still would encourage you to read it. I thought it was... I thought it was good. Um, what else did I read? Oh, I read Walden in September, which I guess that's nonfiction. That counts. So in high school, when we studied the Transcendentalists, I loved it. I loved everything that we had read, which was basically excerpts from Walt Whitman and Henry Thoreau. Um, but this book, I <laughs> I don't know if I've just gotten lazy with what I enjoy in my reading or not, but I did not enjoy it. Um, I gave it two stars um, because I do understand that it's kind of an important book and the writing is gorgeous, but he also, he struck me as very arrogant and maybe that's why I liked him in high school because he sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but now that I have more life experience, I guess, it makes, like his arguments are not really that convincing and he's not very gracious, I guess, but I don't know. I don't really need my authors to be gracious, but I did not like his attitude. <laughs> All right. I sound like a mom. Cool. Um, I also read the cookbook, the newlywed cookbook. I was given this book for Christmas last year by my mom because that was getting pretty close to my wedding. And I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I gave it four stars, even though, you know, I've only cooked one thing. I made French onion soup out of there, which it required chicken broth instead of beef broth, which I thought was a little strange, but it, it was good. Um, but this book, the, the writing was beautiful. I was 
kind of surprised to find good writing in a cookbook. <laughs> but you read her story, the author's story basically, because she's also a newlywed. You just feel like you get to know her a lot. And I don't know, she has lots of stories under her recipes, which I know a lot of cookbooks have, but I, I just really enjoyed her a lot as a person. Like I felt like we were friends afterwards. <laughs> um, and it's just a beautiful book anyway. The pictures are really pretty and the graphic design is beautiful. So, and it's not so much a beginner's cookbook, which is what I was kind of expecting going into a book called The Newlywed Cookbook, but it's kind of like a couple steps up from your basic like meat, vegetable, bread <laughs> meal, which is basically where I'm at now with cooking. Um, but yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. I also read, I also read Educated, um, and this is a recent publish that I only picked up because somebody told me it was kind of like Hillbilly Elegy. Um, it was not really like Hillbilly Elegy. Um, the tone of Hillbilly Elegy is a little more academic, and there was a little more extra research put into Hillbilly Elegy. but. Educated was basically just a memoir where she's just telling her life story. Um, the author's name is Tara Westover, and it just follows her. She grew up in this very separatist family, Mormon family, who is paranoid about like the government and the Illuminati and all of that, and she's not allowed to go to college, not even um, BYU, even though that's run by the Mormon church, um, just because they view any kind of education from someone outside of the family as being brainwashed. Um, so it's kind of her story of how she grew up in this family, went to BYU, and then she ended up, she has an, um, an MPhil from Cambridge and she did her fellow, her fellowship work at Harvard. So she's a very smart person and it just kind of follows her story. What I thought was really interesting was on Goodreads, I was reading through some other people's reviews, and someone had mentioned that education is not really the main point of this book. It's just her her daily life, kind of, with her family and how she interacts with her family and eventually broke ties with her family. Oh, sorry if that's spoilers. <laughs> um, but what I thought was actually the case was made clear to me because at the beginning it opens with a quote from John Dewey. and. If you've listened to our To Kill a Mockingbird episode, you probably know that I'm not the hugest fan of John Dewey. Um, so he basically is the leader of basically how American public schools are now. So with that quote, it got me thinking about what purpose of education that we see today is she... Um, encouraging through her story. I want to say she's being sneaky, but it's just it's just very effective, I think, um, to get people to, you know, be on her side because she had this horrible family, um, lots of abuse, and you don't want her to be in this group with these people who are abusing her, and you want her to go and succeed in college and beyond that, but her whole point is that she sees the value of replacing the family with education. This is one of the things that John Dewey has been trying 
or has not been trying, that he did. So I think she was just putting in layman's terms what Dewey was trying to say in his works. Yeah, <laughs> that's that one. And I know that was kind of a long-winded explanation, but I had a lot of thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, I think it was a very interesting book, for sure. Um, oh, I read a five-star, I read a couple five-star books this month. So I read Argo, which is basically the CIA partners with Hollywood to save, to save this group of people in Iran who escaped the 1979 hostage situation by basically creating a fake movie. Um, I know there is a movie about this, um, but the book was so much better, and I just, I loved it. I listened to this in the car as I was driving on a long road trip, and I had, <laughs> I had the speed up like to two times the speed, so it was going really fast, and I could feel myself just starting to drive faster and faster, because it's a very intense book. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. But yeah, that's another memoir-style book that I read, too, so that's kind of a theme here. Um, I also read The Giver, and that's another one I listened to on my road trip. Um, I don't know how it took me so long to read this, because I know, I know so many people who read it in like middle school. <laughs> um, oh, it was just so good. I really, really enjoy classic dystopian literature, and this was just so good. So good. That's all I'm going to say. Wow, that was still September. Oh, one more, one more from September. Sorry. Um, the Whole Christ. So, so good. Um, Mason wanted me to read this book, or he's been wanting me to read this book for a very long time and I finally just got to pick it up. So this book deals with the marrow controversy which it's a lot um, of law gospel distinctions and also about what the role of works are in the daily Christian life. Um, so it was just very good. Um, so I give it five stars. It was just it was so good. One of the best theology books I've read. Well I actually haven't read too many theology books this year. But yeah, it's really good. <laughs> you should read it. Okay, so October, now that we're finally in October. So I read Crazy Rich Asians. I read it for a book club that I am in. And I wasn't really expecting to like it, to be honest. But I really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. Um, it did read like your typical rom-com. And I love, I love rom-coms. So you kind of know, like, you know, things are going to go great, and then there's going to be a twist, and then things are going to be horrible, and then it's going to be fine. <laughs> um, but the characters in this book were just so well-developed, and I just found myself, like, loving all of them. And there are characters that are definitely the bad guys, but they give you a very good idea of why they are the bad guys, so you can sympathize with them a little bit. And what I loved is they have a bunch of Chinese words in the text, and then they give you a little footnote to translate them. And I thought that was really fun. Um, so yeah, it seemed like a rom-com with just a little more depth than normal. Loved it. Oh, this will be fun to talk about. I read Gone Girl in October. And I... Mm, Shannon has been wanting me to read this one. Because she loves, you know, those psychological thriller noir type books. Um, and I like mysteries. I like suspense. I like, I like intense books. I 
strongly disliked <laughs> Gone Girl. Um, what I thought was good in this book, I really enjoyed the story and the idea of the book, but I thought the writing was pretty bad. But also, I was reading it, the first third I hated because I hated the characters. And then, okay, this is spoilers, by the way. And then when you get past the first third, you kind of realize, like, everything that you've been reading is untrue. And people are really not who they seem to be, which I should have expected, but I didn't really. So I liked it once it started picking up. And that took about the first third <laughs> to start doing. Um, but yeah, and I haven't seen the movie, but I feel like I would like it better than the book because I liked the idea of the story, but I didn't like how it was executed in the book. Yeah, I also read Thrawn, which I picked up because we had just gone to Disney World and they had just opened up a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff. And so I was really on, Mason and I were both on this Star Wars kick for a little while. Um, I mean, I guess we still are. I like Star Wars. Um, so the Thrawn books, they've changed a little bit. So originally there was a trilogy written by Timothy Zahn, Zan, Zahn, Z-A-H-N. So he wrote this trilogy back in the 80s and 90s. And then since Disney took over Star Wars, they basically declared anything that was previously written outside of the actual movies, the actual stuff. <laughs> as uncanon. Uncanon? Not canon? I don't know what the proper term is. I'm not that much of a nerd, just a little bit. Um, so that was considered not canon, but Disney decided that they liked the character Thrawn, so they were going to write new books, <laughs> and I think they're planning on, that they're planning on writing five, and it's by the same author, which I think is a good move. <laughs> um, so what I read was the new one. And I think I had wanted to read the original trilogy, but I couldn't get it from the library before I could get the new one. So I went with the one that was available. And I loved it. Um, I did give it three stars because there's this other character, Arinda Price is her name. And so it follows Thrawn's story and it follows Arinda Price's story. And I, I strongly disliked, I said that a lot of times today. <sighs> I did not like Arinda Price at all. I did not like her story. I did not think she was very consistent as a character. I just, all things Arinda Price, I just kind of like skimmed over. <laughs> um, but I think Thrawn is a fascinating character and his story is just really, really interesting. And I'm, I want to read the rest of them. Like I'm hooked. Um, also, I did listen to this one and this was probably the best audiobook, the most well-produced audiobook I've ever heard. It was like a, a dramatic read, not even a dramatic reading. It was like a, a production. <laughs> it really was. It was so good. So that brings us to November, which ugh, I don't know what's happening, guys. I'm in kind of a reading slump right now. Um, I've been a little sick lately, so I've not had enough energy <laughs> to sit down with a book and not fall asleep. <laughs> so just to give it to you bluntly, that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, but we can talk about what I have read, the four books I have read. Um, so the first book I read this month was Ghost at a Watchman. Um, I wasn't really planning on reading this, but I was just looking for what was available at the library, and that one was available. And I know I really like To Kill a Mockingbird, so I wanted to see what the hype was 
the hype was not worth it, in short. Um, I did know that this was a manuscript of To Kill a Mockingbird, so I wasn't reading it as a sequel, because I do feel like it's been marketed as a sequel, and so I think a lot of people were expecting that, and it's it reads like a cheap sequel, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> if you want to read something very entertaining, um, go to the Wikipedia article about this book and just read it. It's fascinating. There is so much controversy over this book, um, especially over whether or not it really should have been published because we don't know if Harper Lee wanted it to be published. Yeah, so just go read that. It's a blast. <laughs> um, so yeah, it reads kind of like a cheap sequel because you see the same characters that you know from To Kill a Mockingbird and they're older. But I don't think they're as well developed and I think a lot of people can see past that because they know a lot of the character of the people from To Kill a Mockingbird already. But I don't think their characters are very consistent with the original, well, I don't, I don't know if original is the right word, but with To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> um, it was very nostalgic, which is weird of me to say because I literally just read To Kill a Mockingbird a couple months ago for the first time. But it does kind of like pull on your heartstrings a little bit like, oh, Scout's all grown up. And even with the message, I felt like it was very loud and... And To Kill a Mockingbird felt like there were more ruminations on what it meant to be a human, but all of that is like cut out in this book. So I don't think it was as effective as To Kill a Mockingbird, in short, and I, I didn't love it at all. <laughs> um, anyway, I also have started listening to this series of, is it a, ser a series of unfortunate events? Series. <laughs> A series of unfortunate events. Um, so I've listened to the first two and I'm in the middle of the third one and I am loving them. I never got to these books as a child for some reason because I had seen them. I have memories looking at them in like the store and just being like, meh, I don't really want to read those without really knowing what they were about. Um, but that's okay. I read plenty of other things. Um, but I really like them. They're very complex stories and they're very, they're just wonderful. <laughs> um, they're very well balanced because they are really dark, but they have very humorous moments. So they're, I think they're perfect for children. It deals with a lot of darker topics than a lot of other children's books do. I think they're great. Also, I'm starting to watch the series on Netflix and it's also great. <laughs> I love it. Um, so both of the books I've read so far have, I've given four stars. The other book I read this month was The Handmaid's Tale. And I knew I was not really going to like the, to like it going into it. Um, mainly because I disagree with the message of the book. Um, but I was not expecting to dislike the writing. And I feel like I've said that a lot of times lately. The tone of it is very bitter and angry, and I don't think that's because of the story. I think that's because of the author and what her own thoughts are. And it sounds like she's just angry at men, and we see that through the male characters that she has written because they're all one-sided, and they're you know, kind of at the top of the, the chain or whatever in this society. And I also didn't think the society was very realistic because 
So culture, it had looked like before, like, this big regime change happened, which is a very, like, Christian, conservative, fundamentalist, but also, like, some weird things mixed in there. I'm not really sure what denomination it is. I think they're trying to play off of the Puritans a little bit, but I don't think she really understands who the Puritans were. (laughs) Um, Because there are... (laughs) <laughs> there are wars with other denominations. I know it talks about fighting the Baptists a lot, which I think is kind of funny. Um, and the Baptists have lasted a long time, so good for you guys. But so the reason I don't like, or I don't think that it's a very effective world is because culture had been as progressive as it is now, probably even maybe a little bit more. And then it's like all of a sudden the like the fundamentalist Christians have taken over and I don't think there <laughs> I don't think there are enough of that culture to take over everything if that makes sense and I don't think and even if there are enough I don't think Christians are sitting around well I'm certainly not sitting around and scheming to take over the world and I don't know a lot of the aspects of the new culture or the new society don't really line up with Christianity either. And I know that Margaret Atwood's thing, like the thing in this book, is that she's written um, everything that has happened in the book is something that has happened to women in a culture somewhere. And I don't think it's necessarily beneficial to take different aspects of different cultures and morph them all together because but one culture that does something to a woman isn't going to necessarily like what another culture does to a woman that's oppressive um and it also takes out all the positive things that that christian culture has done for women which is a lot of things (laughs) um but yeah that's this book could turn into a soapbox very very quickly um I'm glad that I read the book. I think it was a worthwhile read in order to understand what like progressive feminism is saying in our culture and what they believe about Christianity. Um, but I think it's just as important to understand what your beliefs are by researching history and theology and whatever else. Um, So you can understand what your beliefs about gender roles and women and the family are before reading something like The Handmaid's Tale and just falling into it, if that makes sense. Like, research stuff on your own, people. That's what I'm trying to say. Research stuff on your own, then read the books. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So that takes me to the end of everything for fall the so we've got like two days left in november and i really need to finish the pro data which is our book club book which i think it's probably gonna come out a little bit later which is fine it's fine (laughs) we're all behind and it was thanksgiving we're all busy i need to finish the pro data so we can record that and then i'm also in the middle of lonesome dove which is this 750 page western which is not something that i would normally read but i'm really enjoying it um but yeah so those are my goals to finish before the end of november i'm not actually confident that (laughs) that's gonna happen um 
so my goals for winter, I just need to get over this reading slump. So I just want to get back into reading. And then also, I, I'll probably do this at the end of December, but I want to, I guess, revisit how I pick out what I read because I feel like I haven't read the best quality, I guess, of books lately. Um, so next year I might have more of a structured reading list instead of just whatever my whim is at that time. Um, because the past couple of years I've really been just reading whatever I want because I had recently graduated from college and have all of this time now, which was great and that it, it served its purpose. But I need to read like the books that I have actually been wanting to read for years. <laughs> So also, I might record an episode at the end of December. I don't want to update too much about what I've been reading because I'd really like to save that for Seasons Readings, um, but I would like to at least update you on all the fun things I have planned for next year, which is crazy that it's almost New Year's. Well, okay, like a month away. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed me rambling about different things that I've read lately, even though some of them feel like I read them like years ago, even though it was just September. Um, so be watching soon-ish for our book club episode on the Prose Ada. I can't promise it'll be up by, no, I can promise you it will not be up by the end of the month, but hopefully, hopefully like a week in we'll be okay. Or it'll be ready and we'll be okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I guess that's all I have for you today. I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Seasons Readings for the fall of 2018. If you have any thoughts or questions about anything you've heard today, feel free to email us at readingmindspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at reading underscore minds underscore. Don't forget to be reading the prose Ada for our upcoming book club episode. Bye friends.